Welcome to the Commercial Kitchen Chronicles, the podcast dedicated to the commercial food equipment repair industry. My name is Pat Finley. I'm a lead master certified technician at General Parts Group and a certified Sylvester trainer. My goal is to shine a light on what I believe to be one of the most interesting and rewarding industries a field service technician can work in. I love the work I do and I'm glad you're here listening to this podcast. In this episode, me and Dusty talk about goals for 2023. So what's going on, everybody? Today I have Brendan Daly with Garland. Brendan is a pretty cool dude. He's got a pretty decent story. Um, don't let that title fool you. Brendan actually spent some time out in the field, and we'll get into that coming up. So, Brendan, thanks for coming on, buddy. I appreciate being invited, and thank you very much. We'll see where we can go with it today. Yeah. Um, Brendan is, I want to say global service manager, but that's not true anymore. You're the service no. director? Yeah, I got a tick mark this week. So, yeah, I got promoted recently to service director for Garland Globally. That's cool. So, Brendan, as you can tell, is not from the United States. I won't hold that against him. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to give us a little background on how you got into the industry before we get started? Yeah, so I uh, I started as an apprentice in the bakery industry back in 1999. Um, worked for a family company. So, done that until... 2005 when I started becoming an engineering manager so still on the tools but I had a small team then 2008 took over the company um, started working and, and launched the MWE3 uh, it did, launched that in the UK and then joined Garland there so I started as a contractor and then when I sold my company joined Garland permanently and worked in the Europe area Europe Middle East and Africa done that for four years and then was given the option to come over to the U.S. So come to join you guys and see how you do the same thing, but very different. Yeah, it's the same thing. Just everyone has their own little their own little uh, tricks and tips. Uh, yep. Brendan's been a huge asset to me. Um, he I met him a few years ago doing a train to trainer program. So where I was trained to train our technicians in the field and stuff. And uh, he has the right attitude. He's you know he he understands the technicians. That's a great part about him. You know, a lot of those guys you go to training and it's by the book, by the engineers wrote. And then Brendan's back there. Don't do that. Do it this way. It's so much easier, faster. And then, okay, that's the way you do it. It's like, it works. <laughs> uh, that's the life of it, isn't it? I mean, the aim is always to do whatever we can as quick as we can, but efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, so if the book says do it one way and you can find a better way, we're all up for best practices. You know, we, we have the videos where we try and teach it and, and make life easier for people because this job's hard enough as it is. Customers are more demanding. So, yeah, everything quick but but done right. Yep, yep, be safe and do it right. That's all we can ask for. So um, for anybody that doesn't know, Garland is part of, well, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I, I was going to say Wellbuilt, but it's Ali Group now. Um, it's Wellbuilt Ali Group, so just well-built. to be really confusing. So it's it, it's a pretty cool company. Um, a lot of different pieces to the pie to the puzzle um but garland has a pretty cool story they do a lot of cool stuff um they're everywhere a lot of places you guys wouldn't even know so can you uh let us know what all garland has to offer i mean we're pretty much going to focus on one thing but they offer a lot more than just that one thing yeah so garland originally is a stove oven company you know so ranges char broilers upright broilers um you know all the traditional cooking equipment we then moved into clamshells with mcdonald's um back in the early 90s or late 90s um, since then we've grown this clamshell business and now the clamshell is is a big chunk of what garland's about so a lot of our effort moves into into the clamshell grills it's also a lot where our, our business growth is you know and a lot of customers nowadays are really pushing for it so yeah i'm a i'm a 
clamshell specialist, less so on the general market gear, because in Europe, we really don't have many garden pieces. We have the restaurant range and that's really about it. So my world was blown when I joined Garland in the US and realized how many other things were there. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I see, you know, I go to a lot of schools. I see a lot of Garland ovens and stuff there, but most of my stuff is always back on the, the clam grills. Um, so clam grills have been around since the say, early 90s. Yeah, we started with the MW95. So I think in the US it was out middle of the 1990s, a bit later than that in Europe. And then it's just been built up with McDonald's, then Chick-fil-A, General Market, and more recently, Wendy's, and there's a new launch coming up with uh, Chili's and Whataburger. So really exciting times for us. Yeah, I uh, I started cutting my teeth years ago. Um, probably should have been doing it like a lot of other guys, working on garlands and McDonald's. And, you know, hey, go out and certify this grill. And it just absolutely hated life. Um, yeah. The old MWG, you know, pull the back off. And you're like, where's everything at? It's all just buried in the grease, and I mean, it's part of it, but, you know, it, it, it was cool. It was definitely different. It was fun. Um, you know, the different variations they've had. So, is this, what, probably Gen 4 or Gen 3 or what? Uh, this one would be officially, I guess, Gen 4, um, but there's so many reiterations of, you know, we have the, the standard compression grill. Um, we have the McDonald's version of it, the Chick-fil-A version of it. And now the active compression. So we're probably near a, a revision six or something of it with all the different parts we do. But the, everything below the elements is the same. And then depending on the customer, you get a different grill surface um, or you get barma sensors and, and auto recognition for McDonald's. You get you know the griddle bars for Chick-fil-A or for the active compression for Wendy's. And a lot of the new customers, it's just where it locks a plan and is, is much better for cooking raw products. Yeah, that, that active compression, it's the first time I seen it, I kind of freaked out because I had the training and then, you know, seeing it's a lot different than the online training and then get my hands on it. It was like, I was like a little intimidated, but it, it's pretty cool what it does. I mean, as long as everything's level and, you know, where it should be, it it, it does a pretty good job. So I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's not as complex as it looks. I mean, like you, pal, we, you know, when I first saw it and more, I'm in the office these days, less on the road. So you know, I went out to a site where I still go out on the sites occasionally. I, I was at one today, uh, sorry, earlier this week. And, you know, the first bit you take the cover off, you think it's like what I know, but it isn't the same. And you get that little bit of fear. And then once you learn what the lights do and the new systems, things become a lot easier. But, you know, it's it's getting over that first fear and, and looking for the information and asking the right questions. Yeah, I always tell everybody, I say this all the time. I'm like, people are like, how do you know all this stuff? I'm like, oh, I don't. I just know where to find the information. So if you can find the information, you're golden. So, Yeah, and, and don't try and be an expert at everything. No. You know, none of us can be. I I specialize in grills, but, you know, if I had to do the, the many different brands you guys do, it becomes a lot harder. I mean, you know, when I was a tech, my speciality was really Fry's grills, whether that's Taylor or, or Frymaster or Henny Penny or, or Garland, you know. All of them is what I would work on. And then I found one that I found I preferred and suited my logic. And then you specialize in that. So for me, that was Garland, and that's where I am now. Yeah, it's I, – I, well, in our area, you can't work on Taylor unless you're, you're Taylor. So I've only done, you know, the Garland stuff. I've seen some Taylor girls get taken out. I've pushed them out the back door and kicked them over by the, you know, a few dumpsters in my days. But... I've thrown them down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so – I've only done, you know, your guys' grill. And I, I mean, I like working on them. It's a challenge at first, but it's, I mean, I started off, you know, the MWEs, you know, trying to gap that thing. And 
you could be in a world of hurt in a matter of seconds to these new ones. It's pretty much like I can gap a grill in like 30 seconds and I'm, you know, cooking chicken or burgers and it's great. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, I think people still overcomplicate the gapping. You know, we've done a lot with the new tool, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the processes, and, and even the last generation. Once you understand it, you can gap it really quickly, but people get freaked out by it. They they over-concentrate, they over-focus, and then they get lost. So, you know, we've we done that new video. I think you saw it on, on the YouTube channel, just on gapping to try and simplify it. You know, it really is pretty quick, and if you stick to the same recipe, you, you should be there every time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all – all the newer – the pearl or whatever i think it's what you guys call it or the, the newest release they're all i mean they're all so much easier it's just you know the mcdonald's you press you have your little fine tune adjustments you can make and then it's just chick-fil-a you check it in three spots you know and i mean i haven't had any problem with them the only problem i had was when i thought that setting for the uh, little ball gauge was different and i uh <laughs> i said it and it I tried cooking. And I was like, "Holy cow! What did I do?" And that's why I think I messaged you. And you're like, "No, it's not two fifty. It's four hundred. And I was like, "Oh, no wonder I messed yeah. up." You'd be surprised how many do it. it. It's it's so simple. But again, if you're not working on it every day, it, it's those little things that trick people up. And more often than not, we find techs get tripped up by the obvious because they panic and then they they don't sit back and watch it. Yeah, that's, it doesn't take much. I mean, you think you got it, you go through it, and all of a sudden you turn it on, you cook, and it's like, "Oh man, what I do?" And then then you really freak out. Like, I did everything yeah. the way I was supposed to. And then, like you said, you know, 400 versus 250 is a big difference in, the, in that world. Yeah, and I say, in the old days, you'd go outside and have a cigarette. But in the modern age, we don't have cigarettes. You're going to have a vape instead. Dude, <laughs> when I first started, I smoked, man. Every time I'd get freaked out or frustrated, I'd just go up to the truck and I'd sit there. Or I'd stand up to the side, open the side door and smoke, like, two cigarettes and just, like, calm down. And now I'm just, like. I just look at it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to the restroom. We gotta get away. I mean, that's the problem. Guys will stand there and, and just stare at it and beat themselves up. I'm like, you're not doing yourself any good. Just go away. Go for a yeah. walk. Go outside. Call somebody. Just go breathe. Listen to a song or something. Get away. And regroup. I think you just you got to be disciplined. Have you? You know, we used to say if you if you can't fix a grill, or you can't identify the issue on a grill within 45 minutes. You're probably not going to get there. That's when you need to call for help. Um, you know, and I get it quite often and, you know, one of my old apprentices, I was on site with him last year and, you know, we had an issue that they had a new store, bad installation, you know, power was wired up wrong. We blew it up and he started to stopwatch. You know, you got 45 minutes. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't need it. Yeah. And, and I was lucky. Uh, it, was, it was an obvious one. So uh, sometimes funny. what you say bites you in the backside. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was taught the 45-minute rule, and I still teach the 45-minute rule. If you're not making progress, you're not getting headway, you better start calling another tech. You better call tech support. You better do something. Um, if, yeah, 45 minutes, if you're not gaining, you're spinning your wheels. It's time to move on. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> what does the clamshell do that a regular grill doesn't? A lot of people don't know what this is. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have never seen inside of McDonald's or a Wendy's or a Chick-fil-A. Yeah, so I think the the best way to describe it is a, a clamshell grill is like the Ferrari of, of cooking burgers. You know, um, you could have a, a standard, you know, you could have a Buick or whatever, and you could do 0 to 100. It's going to take you 10 seconds. Um, you get a, a clamshell, it's like going 0 to 60 in three seconds. So, you know, the idea of the clamshell is by cooking top and bottom at the same time, you push the steam back in through the cooking, which actually generates much more heat and cooks it through much faster. So if you take a a McDonald's burger, for instance, we're all used to it. If you were to cook a standard McDonald's burger on a a flat grill, it's going to take you, I don't know, four minutes. You cook that same burger on on a clamshell, it's done in under a minute. 
you know, depending on how you want to cook it. Uh, the other thing gives you consistency. Fast food restaurants are all about consistency. It's about performance. So it allows you in a 36-inch footprint to cook, you know, three, four times the amount of burgers you would if you had a flat grill. It also ensures that the operators can cook it consistently. You're not sending over raw meat. Um, you haven't got to worry about it being dry because the computer deals with it at the time it comes up, and therefore you get the standard system every single time. Um, that's really what the opportunity is. It's it's fast, consistent, and can be operated by relatively low experienced people with very minimal training. Sweet. So yeah, I mean, like you said, you can cook. I think it's what forty-two seconds or something. I think it's what factory programmed come out of. Yeah, it depends on your country. I think 30, 37 for you guys in America, forty-seven in Europe. So you guys like them dry? Uh, uh, we like them dry, overcooked, but there's also less fat in it too. So oh yeah, different suppliers for beef. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, so over the years, there's been several different gaffing techniques. We won't go over the old ones. Um, <laughs> It, it was a it was a constant yeah. battle. So you went from four points to what the second the end four of points you, to three. Four points to uh, three, and then you. Uh, sorry, we, yeah, we had we had four points to three points, and then we stuck at three, but we were still trying to gap three points using four points on a gap until, and that caused a lot of lot of issues and a lot of people chasing the tails, which is why we now go three gapping points and three three positions to check and level. Yeah, some of them you only. You're only changing two positions. That third one's fixed, stationary. So yeah, so it makes it even better. So you just start your gapping with a fixed position, and then you make everything else match it. If you do it that way, you're doing great. If you start with one of the adjustable positions and then move to the fixed point, you then got to start all over again because if you got to use a controller to adjust it. Yeah. So what I always do is I I always just use the 80 mils. I just use the loyal bar. I've got the ball tool, but I'm just, I've used the little L bar my entire life. And, you know, so that's all I know. So I just use it. And unless I don't have it, um, I think the one time I didn't have, I think it was the McDonald's opened up and didn't have the L bar. It had the, the tool, the ball tool or something. I can't remember which one it was. And, uh, but I always just start, put it at 80 and see where I'm at, you know, go in and test it. Most times you're going to be off. I try to get it to 80 where the front hits and I start working my way around and then try to, you know, get it even. But, you're still, I'm still moving it up and down, but I mean, that's just how I've found it easiest for me. I'm sure there's a much easier way, but yeah, everyone's at their own. But I mean, for me, I I always find a fixed point. If there isn't a fixed point, you just pick on an area. So you Mm -hmm. start on one point, you gap it. I mean, my preference is a ball gauge. The only reason I prefer the ball gauge is you do the front left, do the front right. And then at the back, you can go straight in the middle of the, in the, in the rear, just under the adjuster. You can't do that with an L shape. So if you do it with an L-shaped tool at the back, if you check the right side and then check the left, you're going to have a difference. So by using the ball, you always get pretty good consistency. I think I stick with the L-gauge just because I have a lot more Chick-fil-A. Yeah, so and for I Chick-fil-A, a, it's easier. I do a ton of Chick-fil-A, so I think it's just what I stick with and it's what's easier. Uh, I've had a, a Chick-fil-A call that's actually beating me up. The, I, <laughs> I had a bad relay board. And then uh, I got it all back up running, and I was like, well, I'm only pulling half amperage on one of my top elements. Pulled it apart, top element, one of the sections is blown. I was like, this is ridiculous. So, so. Yeah, it's a big part of the challenge, the installs. And, yeah, there's so many, so much turnover in the field now. Trying to make sure that every tech is up to speed is 
is even harder. And that's that's one of the challenges I think we face at the moment is how do we communicate what are the standards? Every customer is different and everyone's got their own preference. So communication at the moment is is probably one of the hardest things to nail. Um, and, you know, I can write a communication that works for me, but you read it, makes no sense at all. So that's the, that's the other thing we really struggle with. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Like my son works with me and he's younger, but he's like around me, around the family. I mean, I've known him all, my, all his life and like, he's real outgoing and stuff. And I get in front of customers and he just shuts down real quiet. I'm like, I'm like people in the office are like, this, this isn't your son. We've heard all these crazy stories about him. And he's like, he comes in here. He doesn't say a word. He just hangs out in the back, refuses to come up here. I was like, I don't know. So you gotta yeah. it. He, he'll learn when he gets confident. He'll, uh, yeah, the true, the true kid will come out. Yeah, that's what I told him. I was like, you just gotta relax. Like he's all worried about, you know, we're changing some probes, and they've had, I won't name the company, but they've had some issues with probes, and whoever welded the bungs in the bottom of the fry pots didn't do it right, so they're all at an angle, and you literally have to bend the probe to get the the fitting to go up in the fry pot. And he was all worried he's gonna break it, and I was like. Bend it, you break it, you break it. It was broke when you got here, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, you know what? We, we all break stuff as we go. You know, mm. I remember the first board I blew up, and that was a, a Fry Master with the old DC um, DC switches. And that, yeah, one minute it was there, the next minute it was a puff of smoke. And it's like, how'd you explain you'd just written off a thousand bucks? So I had to go back to the office and say, yeah, we need to order another board. And it's like, well, why? Well, I kind of toasted that one. Um, yeah, they weren't best pleased about it, but I mean, that, that's the other thing for us. We, we got to own our mistakes when we get out there. I mm -hmm. think one of the service techs put a pretty good, pretty good review on recently about integrity. And I thought, you know, it's a, it's a fair point. It's very intimidating with the customers. Mm -hmm. They are very demanding. Um, and we're human, we make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So the key is to own it and say, okay, let's, what makes people really angry is when you get it wrong and don't own it. Um, so yeah, it's. It's key, but you've got to get that confidence. And the customer will, if you've earned the respect of the customer, they'll forgive you. If you're new and they don't know you, they, they just crucify you. Yeah, it's I, I've always, you know, I always tell a story. There's a manager at a restaurant and I walked in and I had just started here at General Parts and I walked in and he'd never seen me before. And they warned me like, man, he's he's going to try to bully you. And I walked in and it was a 480 volt, 480 volt fryer, 120 volt controls and um, I had a problem on the 480 volt side. It wouldn't heat, but the controls came on. So everybody's, well, it's just not heating, you know. So I was trying to figure it out. And pizza's back there, just belittling me, berating me, you know, do you know what you're doing? You know, that kind of stuff. And I didn't say a word to him. I just kept trying. And eventually I had enough. And I just put my stuff in my bag. And I just walked to the door. And he hit me. He got to me before I got to the back door. I was apologizing, the nicest person in the world. Then on out, he was my best friend. I'm like, don't take the crap from the people. Just don't give it back to them. They want you to be negative so they can use that against you. So just, just don't say anything or be nice, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and they're good. You know, I um, when I was out when I had my own company, I was I was out working just on a on an escalated issue, and because I hadn't been on the road for very for a long time, they hadn't recognized me in an area I'd driven to. So I'd done the repair, came back to the shop, and I got a phone call from the customer complaining that I'd sent a new technician who didn't know anything. And I'm like, yeah, what the guy look like? He said, oh, yeah, you know, he had brown hair. I said, fat guy? Yeah, he's a bit fat, you know, four eyes. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I said, that's me. Uh, <laughs> you know, best thing I've ever done. You, know, it's, you couldn't write it. But what he wanted to do is save 20, 30 bucks on the job. Yeah, that's all he was trying to do. It's like, seriously, if that, if that was a tech I didn't know, you could have just cost someone their job, you know. Yeah, I mean that's the bad thing. These customer, I, I have a customer 
we will literally send them an estimate. They approve the estimate. It comes in cheaper, and then they still fight the bill. I'm like, you approved a higher amount. How are you fighting this? I'm like, I don't get this. Yeah, it, it, it's difficult. I say, you know, I'm, I'm European-based. American service I still find scary. You know, it's it's very expensive. So oh, yeah. it's also very different. You know, you guys can work in a restaurant that's much bigger. You can pull the equipment out. You can work on it in the back. So in Europe, we have to get in, get it fixed and get out of the way. So you'll watch 24-7 when you're in a restaurant. You know, they watch everything. They they ask. They question you. You know, you walk into a restaurant. You don't get, you know, how you doing? How's your day? The first question you get is how long you're going to be. You know, because we'll work in a cook line in most places. So yeah, it, it's, it's a very different experience. It's taken me a while to get used to people pulling equipment out. Um, cause we just don't do it. Yeah. My big ass would not work out in the UK. <laughs> They'd see me walk in and be like, no, you can leave. Someone else is going to come. <laughs> uh, even both of us, most of us, I can only just get around the back of the grills and then, yeah, if we change an actuator in the UK, we'd, we'd put it out, we'd walk in behind it and pull the grill back in so they can walk past it. And we'll yeah. change an actuator under the hood and things like that. So it is, it is very different. On the flip side, it actually makes it a lot quicker. But it's not, it's not a pleasant environment as a technician. It, it does make it a lot harder. Oh yeah, you get behind that grill. You got to have all the tools you need to do it, or you're screwed. You're pushing it back out, yeah. climbing back out. It's, yeah, I can see that being kind of crazy. I didn't even think about that. You know, I remember we talked about this in the past about how tight the kitchens are. I didn't even think about that. That's not for me. Yeah. No, we we got a lot more room than they got in Japan too. So, <laughs> you know, I, oh my god, I, I had to climb over a grill in Japan to slide in behind the back, and I'm not a small guy, so it was. <laughs> I would have loved to video watched it and you know seen myself trying to squeeze in this little space. These guys were doing it every day, but they, the guys out there, they'll change an actuator on every job in an hour, start to finish. They're just phenomenal. There's no testing; they just switch it, throw it in. You know. Talking about actuators, I uh, I did a, a the Cardinal Sino one. Um, I thought I'd lost a finger. Actually, I thought I lost two fingers. Um, it was a Chick-fil-A grill, and it was up. And I didn't think about putting anything under it. I was just trying to be in a hurry. And uh, I had pressure on the actuator. I pulled on it, and it actually smashed my finger in on the metal bracket between the crossbar. And it smashed the two fingers there. And I was scared to look. I I, I heard it, and I didn't, even, I didn't say a word. I didn't look. I just... I sat there and I couldn't pull my hand out, so I grabbed a screwdriver and I pried up, pulled my hand out, and there was just blood everywhere. I was like, my fingers are gone. They were there. They're they're scarred up, but they're still there. So I was like, I'll never do that again. And I've been doing this for 15 years. I mean, this was like six, seven months ago. I did it. I was like, just got in a hurry and just forgot. Hey, you should put something under that under that platen before you you know you try to do anything. And now, you know, I know better. Look, look, get the platen down, and now you know I just I got jumpers. I put my drill battery, and I just run it up and down that way. You know, if I got to change it, so. Yeah, I don't think we all learn, but I also think the the more experience you get, the sloppier you get. Oh yeah. You know, I was yeah, I, I was terrible for electric shocks when I was out. You know, I'd probably give myself one every month. Not major, just a, a low one, but you try and do stuff live where you really shouldn't do. You know, and I come off the road and and you go from being a technician to a manager, you look at you like, What the hell are you doing? They're like, Well, you showed me how to do it. It's like, Oh God. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's really interesting how your opinion and your view changes depending on what size of the fence you are, and and even you know from now as being a service tech going to a manufacturer, it's such a different view on on what you see and how you see things. Um, I would love for everyone to switch sides just just a couple of weeks in the other people's shoes. I think it it teaches people a lot of things about what they can do differently and what we can learn. I think it's it's maybe something we don't do enough in the industry is. Is kind of sharing and crossing over. Um, it opened a few eyes, I think. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, 
you know, you got guys like me. I answer the phone. I help a lot of guys out. My company and other companies about, I mean, I'll, I'll help anybody out. That I'm, There's enough work out there for everybody. I mean, I'm not trying to keep secrets. Uh, I'll, you know, I wouldn't be doing this if I was trying to keep secrets. I wouldn't be trying to share the information, you know, and try to get other people involved. But, you know, you call tech support line and the guy's asking me 20 questions because, you know, he's got a routine he has to follow because that's just how it's set up, you know. And I'm like, I'm just so frustrated. I'm like, no, I'm not stupid, you know. And I, I kind of beat up on them. I'm like, man, they're just doing their job, you know. And you never know. I mean, I probably, I probably do know more than a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys answering the phone. Or, you know, maybe it's just that he's having a bad day or whatever. But I think a lot of people, if they spent a week on the tech support phone line, they'd, re, they'd rethink how they talk to, you know, the tech support people. Yeah, it, we do it with our guys. We, you know, we hire a lot of ex-techs. They come in on the support line and, and you know, it's almost the first question we ask them. So how was day one? And they give you that bewildered look. And, and you know, it's, it is tough. And, and it's tough being a tech ringing in because you're trying to describe something that you can see, touch and feel. And the, the tech on the other line is trying to do it from memory. So, yeah, I think there are always arguments where well, you gave me bad information. It's like, you know, you gave me bad descriptions. It's like, come on, guys, work together. It, it's, yeah. it is a challenge. It's, it's the ones that I get frustrated with are the, I want to part. Well, have you looked in the manual? Well, yeah, but it's in my van. Well, you've waited 20 minutes on hold. You could have got the manual and got the part number. Everything's online anymore, man. It's so easy. If just about everything's online to find. Uh, yeah. But so yeah, we'll, we'll learn. It's going to take time. I think the industry's changing very quickly and technology is starting to really come in. So we'll all get that much better and year on year we'll get better. And I think as long as we keep customer focused, I think then we'll, we'll keep it in the right place. So you mentioned technology. So, the younger generation, you know, I, I've got my son, he's 20. I've got another guy's 30 that's training under us right now. And I mean, my son, he's always been a hard worker he's played sports. He's always spent time in the gym. So, you know, he wants the hours, but then you got the other guys 30 and he's like, I just want to do my 40 and go home. And like trying to find that balance with these guys is it's getting harder. I mean, I mean, I guess I, people think I'm an idiot because I work the way I do, but I mean, I do a lot of dumb stuff on the side and have fun. So I got to pay for it somehow, but I mean, I don't have to do it. I just do it. But I mean, I, we had a guy that worked for us for about nine, 10 months and he did on call twice. And uh, his second time on call, he came in, turned his two weeks notice and said he didn't want to be on call. He wasn't going to work here anymore. I was like, Holy cow. I was like, dude, you knew that going in. He's like, yeah, but I'd never been on call. And you know, and he, he didn't even have bad weeks. I mean, like I think the first week was like 52 or 53, and the second week was like 56. I'm like, dude, I've had like 87-hour weeks, man. I was like, you didn't get anything. Yeah, I, I think it's a lifestyle. Being a service tech is not easy. You know, you're, the truth is, as a service tech, you're only there when there's a problem. Someone's mm-hmm. disappointed. Someone's not happy. So you are getting beaten left, right, and center. But but it is a long time. You know, you, you can have plans and you're just on your way home and that last call comes in, well, kiss goodbye to your plans. It never happens on the day that you don't have plans, but you can guarantee you organize something special. The wife's all excited and then you don't turn up. So it, it is a real tough industry, um, but it can pay very well and it can it can get you to a salary point way beyond what you would have expected. Um, but if you don't want to do the hours, you'll earn an okay living. Um, you'll you'll plod you'll plod along. I think probably our biggest challenge is, and and maybe you see it now, is when you're a service tech trying to elevate yourself above everyone else and get the opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's the real tough one. Um, 
you know, I was lucky I was in a family company, so I had that, that career path. But there's a lot of really capable guys out there that, that just don't, yeah, they, they're going to get stuck almost being a service tech because the opportunities aren't there. It's, it's 200 good people for every one opportunity. Um, and then you get comfortable to wages. When you're a good service tech, you earn good money. And then you go into management and you take a pay cut. Everyone's like, what the hell? So, uh, you suck. Like you're describing me. <laughs> every one of us. I was the same. I, I took a pay cut from being a service tech and it really hurts. It's like, do I really want to be a manager? And there's so many very capable people in the industry. Um, there's not a lot of opportunities. And I think that hurts us as an industry. You know, you've got to have a good can-do attitude. You've got to work really hard. And there are options and there are opportunities, but generally you have to make them yourself. And if you're not going to, and, and yeah, you're doing all this good stuff and it's really promoting you and, and putting you into areas where it possibly wouldn't be otherwise, but it's real hard to break that next level. Oh yeah. I like, I do. I've been beating myself up for the last 24 hours looking at like YouTube analytics and podcast analytics and stuff. I'm just like, I was like, I was ready to quit. I was ready to throw it all away. I was like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? And then I was talking to my dispatcher. She's like, just stop doing it. I was like, I was like, I can't do that. I was like, that's not me. I don't quit. I was like, I'm going to run it out for a while and see what happens. If, if I don't start getting traction, maybe it just goes back to once a month. Maybe it's not going to be every week or every two weeks. So I don't know. I said, it's fun. I said, I've met a lot of people. I said, I keep making meeting cool people. So I'm going to keep it up. I said, but you know, it's just, it's frustrating because I'm all over social media and Instagram. It's like, you see these guys come out of nowhere that had no following. All of a sudden they have these huge followings. I'm like, and they're putting out just junk content. I'm like, you're not helping anybody out. I'm like, how are you growing? I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden, an attractive woman that's an electrician had like 200 <laughs> followers. Next thing you know, every every post, she's in a skin-tight T-shirt, and she's got some tool in her hand, but you don't see her doing any work. And all of a sudden, she's got like 15,000 followers, and she's got deals with all these tool companies. I'm like, I'm like, this is absolutely stupid. I was like, I hate this. But, I mean, it's more than that. So that's why I'll keep doing it. I mean, as far as like creating your own, you know, your own destiny, I mean, when I came to General Parts, I had left GCS. I wanted to do refrigeration. I bounced around from three other companies in two years. Um, I had health problems. I was wrecking vans. I couldn't be insured, so I kept losing jobs. Um, and I landed here, and Gary took a you know took a, a chance with me, and I just never looked back. I always volunteered to do the night jobs. I always volunteered to do the installs. I had to work the weekends. If someone got hurt or sick, they couldn't do their own call. I'd step up and do that. You know, a lot of it was greed and necessity at first. I needed that money, that extra money, because I was struggling, you know, for years. And then I just got to where I just, I took on all those roles and it, it's really paid off in the long run. I mean, I do a lot of cool stuff that a lot of people don't get to do, um, but it, it's it's fun. And, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, you better get out of the field where you can still get on your knees or when you can still bend over or you don't hurt in the morning. I'm like... I'm like, well, I'm fat, so that, that, that ship sailed a long time ago. So, um, so I mean, yeah. who knows? One day it may happen, but I'm going to ride it out as long as I can. You know, I've, I've thought about going in the training side of it, you know, and that was a goal I talked about, you know, five years ago. But, you know, in a 10-year span, which would be five years from now, you know, that I want to be in like a, a technical training side for, you know, general parts, you know, and I, I didn't want to come out of the field 100% because I feel if you come out of the field 100%, especially in my market, I would do so many different things. I'd lose relevancy, but you know, in your market, you guys focus on one thing. So you can, you know, it's not, I don't think it'd be as near as a challenge for you guys, but you know, I wanted to be a technical trainer, you know, traveling around training and then, you know, come back and work a couple of weeks or work three weeks, or work a month, you know, or whatever, then go train. But I don't know what's going to happen with that, with this, you know, everything has gone on in the last 
three or four years here with us. So we'll see. I mean, but like you said, you you're in charge of your own destiny. If you want to go places, you're just gonna work for it and show them you yeah. can do it. And and it takes a long, a long, hard amount of work to get there. I mean, it also when you're a technician, it's really hard to stop being a technician. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I still go out now, and I, I love going out and getting that instant gratification that you get when you fix something. It's No one has to come and pat you on the back and say, you've done a great job, because you know you've done a great job. You don't get that in office work. You don't get that in training. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like training, but I find it, it bores me quite quickly. So yeah. I can do a class a month, and I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. But if i got to do it every week, I, it would just destroy me. Yeah. Um, you know, I just pick on people in a class instead, as I done to you or anyone oh, else yeah. that, that does it. You know, it, it's how I, it's how I enjoy it. It's that, it's that interaction. So, it, it is, it is challenging. You've got to find what it is you like, and you've got to drive down that. Yeah, you seem to really like variety. It keeps you entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, general parts been very good. They've given you the opportunity, and you've created the opportunity to do it. And it's got you some great recognition. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you should never forget that that what you've achieved in the last few years is huge. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's not about a tight T-shirt wearing handed at all. You know, I normally wear tight T-shirts because I'm fat, and no one's ever made me famous on Instagram because of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's it's been a great career, dude. I can't, you know, I've had opportunities over the last. I've been here coming up twelve years, and I've had opportunities to go to places. You know, we'll pay you this. You know, we'll do this. I'm like, but I, I don't have a reason to leave here. I mean, they, I get to do a lot of cool stuff. You know, I. Train Garland, I train Frymaster, I teach at Safesta a couple times a year. You know, they support, you know, this podcast, they support me and all kinds of different stuff, you know. And I wouldn't get that anywhere else, I don't think. I mean, I maybe I could, but I'm not willing to give up what I have here to find out. I mean, they all treat me good. I I've met a lot of cool people. I mean, you know, I've been to NRA, I met all the people at Partstown, tour the facility. Um, you know, I'm going to NAFM, which I'm doing that on my own, but I'm going down yeah. there. I'm going to meet up with all the GP people down there, parcel people down there, and I'll get to hang out with them. I'll get to see some manufacturers. And Are you going? You probably won't go. No, I'm, I'm not important enough. You're, You're not really a sales guy. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm going on my own. I tried getting them to get, send me down there. They're like, no, we don't see it. You know, we don't know about this right now. And I was like, well, I'll just take vacation and go on my own. So. <laughs> Yeah, I got to start getting out. Of, you know, one of the big changes with the Alley Group purchase is the brands are taking more control again. That's uh, what I heard. You know. So, so there's a lot of things we've been pretty hidden for the last few years. And I know, you know, I've been in the US since 2018, and very few people know me. Um, partly, I haven't put myself out there, but we also haven't needed to. So, yeah. it's a bit of a cultural thing. I've got to got to get out there, meet a few more people. Um, you know, it's not that I don't like meeting people. It's just that it wasn't the focus. So yeah. I think relationships go a long way, especially in this industry. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I will be in a few. But until then, I'm just going to follow you around like a little lap dog waiting to see what offerings of meetings you'll meet, you'll send me at. So <laughs> <laughs> get a hang with the cool kids. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a wild ride. I mean, I heard that about, you know, Ali Group letting everybody kind of be more independent, I guess, not so much under the thumb, I guess. Is that I don't know if that's really what's going on. Yeah, it, it's it's not so much under the thumb. It's taking everything from from a centralized brand um, and then putting it back to the brand specific. So, you know, where Wellbuilt would control a lot of what we've done and, and give us our direction, now the brand is in control. So it's a real big cultural change. You know, the last six months have been a bit of a whirlwind. They're starting to settle down now and we're starting to gain control of what it is we can do, what we can't do. But it's, it's really exciting for us. You know, I think everyone in the brand is, there's some definite fear for people. You know, when, mm-hmm. when you make changes, it, it really impacts people's jobs and things like that. So 
yeah, there's definitely some people that's been very scary from, but I think most people have done pretty well and they've settled into a new location. Um, so I think overall it's been good. Uh, you know, taking the, the odd individual personal experience away from, from you know, the people that have been unfortunate and maybe lost their positions. But I think those that have kept the positions, I think all of us are saying, yeah, this is a this is a positive move. So is that going to lend to like more um, like development or more research or more? Um, I'm not sure it's going to say more. I think what it allows us to do is decide where we're going to focus. Okay. You know, Wellbuilt was very much about innovation. Um, I think under the Alley Group, it's more about you've got to have innovation, but you've got to make sure you're doing it right. You know, it's not about being first at the table. It's about making sure that you're right at the table and what you've delivered is is what needs to be there and it's built right. So, you know, I, I think for us as Garland, the future is very bright. We've got new leadership, um, you know, really positive changes. There's a lot of people that have been in the in the company for a long time, a lot of passion that, that I think sometimes you lose a bit when you're not in charge of your own destiny. So there's some great energy around the building. It, it's a lovely place to work. It's a lot of hard work. Um, you know, I'm still in the office. It's seven o'clock. I got in this morning at six o'clock. So it's long days, but, but you know, we're making a change and, and like everything, if you're making a change and you, you can see the positivity of it, it's worth the effort. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, our, I think our, uh, big, uh, stuff's coming up this year. I think they're gonna, they're making a push, change everything over to try to make everything within the PT and limited service group, you know, one big, make everything the same it's you know i've worked for general parts for 11 years and you know we we were general parts but yet there was 29 branches and it was everything operated 29 different ways so say if i went to seattle and trained the guys were like hey how do you guys get paid for this i'm like oh shit you gotta play dumb <laughs> i'm like i don't know because everything was different you know you'd say one thing and well you know also i got a manager called my manager why is he saying this so i was like i just quit when they answer questions like that I just they ask me questions i just no i don't know oh did you go talk to your manager you know just play dumb and but I think uh, I think moving forward, they're going to start streamlining everything, make sure you know all the service companies are doing everything the same. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, they've taken care of me. You know, those people have quit, you know, left organizations because, you know, they got bought out by PD Holdings. And, I mean, until it, it truly affects me, I'm going to ride it out. I mean, they've treated me with respect and love and, you know, given me a lot of opportunities. So I'm not going to beat that up. So, I mean. Yeah, I think it, it's more about relationship you have with your line managers, your dispatcher. You mm-hmm. know, doesn't matter if you're in a good, bad, or indifferent company. If you have a bad relationship there, you're going to hate it, even if it's a great company. If you have a good relationship, even if it's a company that's not where you want it to be, those relationships make your day worthwhile. So, you know, bit of advice for anyone is is make those relationships work. You know, a bad company can be a great company, and and vice versa. A good boss goes a long way. And I'm not going to interview any of my team on it because they might tell me that I'm not a good boss. <laughs> but I, I'm going to think I am. <laughs> so let's get back to grills for a little bit. I got a couple yep. more questions. Um, so the Chick Fil A, there's two generations. I haven't seen a first generation anymore, so I'm pretty sure those are all pretty much gone. Um, yeah, I'm so much. I'm so glad that the second generation is around because it's so much easier to work on. It's and it's probably far cheaper for the customer to service too. I mean. Before you had the embedded thermocouples. If you lost thermocouple, you're changing the whole heater plate. I mean, it was kind of crazy. Um, but the new ones are, I think, far better to work on, and I, I enjoy them a lot better. So, I mean, I haven't seen a Gen One in forever. I've thrown quite a few in a scrap pile. I'll tell you that. But yeah, 
Yeah, they, they got made obsolete a couple of years ago, so you can't get the parts for them. Um, you know, we've seen a couple turn up on eBay. You gotta love eBay. You can buy anything, but yeah, if you buy it there, you're not gonna be able to service it. So it is a proprietary to, to Chick-fil-A. It is just for them. So we shouldn't see any around. I know there's a couple of stores that are holding on to them and why they work. They're kind of nursing them along, but, but yeah, they're long gone. We, we introduced a second generation. I think we're starting to see the next round of replacements for those early second generations. So um, the, but nothing in the pipeline yet to replace them. So did Chick-fil-A order them obsolete then? It wasn't your guys' decision. Chick-fil-A just said, do it with them? Yeah, it, it was their choice. They, they work with us. Yeah, they're a great partner. They work really hard with us to, to develop the technology, to push us and, and, you know, get the best for them. So they realized the second generation was a significant improvement. And, you know, all credit to them. They, they obsoleted the first generation and put a big rollout out because they understood the long-term benefits. Sweet, sweet. So... My biggest complaint right now, I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's a lot of guys that said it. You know, I think someone said something about a boil-out feature, which really <laughs> wouldn't matter. So, yeah, new grills, GFCI breakers, and moisture issues. Not cleaning issues, but say you go out, um, do a new startup, and you're tripping a GFCI. What should yeah. the technician do to help speed up that dry-out process, that kind of stuff? What do you guys recommend? So a couple of things on it. We've done a lot of development work on the elements. Um, we now have a silicon infused element. What we realized is the moisture was being held in the insulation. Um, when you heat it up, it'd, it'd, go into, uh, it'd go into a gas form. When it cooled back down, it was, it was going to the end of the elements and filling those up. So it's only three, four milliliters of water, but that would trip the GFI. So we now started sealing the top of those element posts. So all clamshells as you move forward should be sealed. So we shouldn't need to do a boil out. Um, you know, the boil out was necessary to stop the trip out the following day. So easiest way to do a boil out, remove the access lid, turn it on while you're, while you're doing the commissioning. It will heat up. Once it's up to temperature, give it another 20 minutes and then just screw the access lid back down. That That's a successful boil out. You got rid of the moisture. Um, one of the things we've highlighted and, and yeah, we're still doing a lot of work around it. Yeah, anyone who's done the active compression will understand we're we're facing some some tripping issues with sensitive GFIs and some water ingress issues. Um there's little O-rings on those screws that, that hold down the access lid. What we've realized is when you take them off and then put them back on, if you over torque it, you're tearing those O-rings. Yeah. So we're just in the process and hopefully in the next week or two we'll launch a new kit. We'll stop you being able to buy high limits. Um, if you do buy them, it'll be a new kit. So it'll have a high limit, the six O-rings, um, the gasket. So you'll have everything you need to make sure that stays watertight. I think if I look at the part usage, we never change those O-rings. Yeah. So if a customer does get a little excited, then, you know, then we ruin them. And because the first thing we do is we tell you to do a boil out. Well, if you do a boil out, the first thing you do is potentially damage those O-rings. So we, we're kind of fixing one issue and creating a second issue. Yeah, um, I've got a grill right now that I have to um, – I've got high limit kit. I've got new um, seal for the, the small hatch. It's a yeah. active compression, so it's not the top hatch. It's the small hatch. So I've got to change the seal, high limits. Um, I was given the part number for the gasket between the whole – upper platen and the, the 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 cowl so i don't know no, if i okay. need to do that i, I don't yeah, think i need to do that i guess why i didn't think it was a problem um so i think it's just the hatch gasket and then um 
Tom wanted me to go ahead and uh, change the uh, high limits and then make a new jumper between the high limits. He said that always fails. So yeah, we've got, we got, we got a new high limit link coming out. So that link you've just mentioned, it, it the moisture attacks the insulation, so it goes brittle and cracks. So that will also be in the in the high limit kit. So you'll get everything you need. But we are also changing the cow. So in the next, yep. probably in the next three three to six months, we're actually getting rid of the access hatch. So it'll be more like a Chick Flavor if you want to split it. It's going to be a lot more work. It's going to be fun. It's, it's, I, it's a little easier than Chick Fil A, but it's the same idea. Um, I've made a video on it, and then and I turn around like three weeks later, I see that uh, you guys put a video out. So yeah, I was like, sorry, "Hey, but... <laughs> yeah." <laughs> so too bad, you know, when I search Garland Grill, it goes to you and not me. Damn it. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll give you some brownie points on it. But no, the new, the no. new, the new cow will have no access lid, and that should mean that you know it's a little harder to get into it. But the work we're doing should mean that you don't, you don't have to get, to get into, into it. it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. So that that I look forward to seeing that. You know, and I've talked to you Most and <laughs> Tom and Tom in the past, and Chris some um, and. You know, they, you know, they hit around about the new cow coming out. And I think I ran into Tom, you know, before Thanksgiving on this one actual particular grill. And he said that, you know, that you guys just got tooling into, you know, to start testing it. So I look forward to seeing it. I think it's going to take care of a lot of issues. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of customers say it's training, but, you know, an open store, when his grill is installed, it's the middle of the night. Um, you try to get people there. They're going to train on it. The manager comes in, in the morning, you know, you're waiting on them to come in. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to deal with you. They just want the grill running. They want you out of the door so they go in the restaurant. And, you know, it doesn't get communicated on up the line. And the problem is not the morning crew. The problem is always the night crew. At the end of the yep. night, coming in there, and, you know, and I get it. They're trying to clean it. I mean, I've seen some of these AC grills that look brand new. And, unfortunately, they don't run, but they look brand new. <laughs> yeah, there's a balance. You know, yeah, and it's always trying to find that balance. And, mm -hmm. and it's a bit of behavior. So, yeah, we're all working together as a partnership mm -hmm. with customers, trying to make sure that we we can move forward with it. Um, but for sure, it's definitely causing a few challenges. And yeah, they're working hard to improve on the training and and get that understanding that it is different. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it's little by little. Um, we'd like a quick win, and so would the customer. So say if we keep working together, we'll we'll definitely get there, and then everyone benefits. Yeah, I mean, I I like that active compression though. It's when I first, like I said earlier, the first time I seen it, I was freaking out. I was like, what is this? What does this thing do? You know, I watched a video before I touched one, you know, and the, the YouTube thing that first rolled out or the, you know, the, the Zoom meeting or whatever we were doing, they first rolled out. And I was yeah. like, oh, boy, I'm so screwed. Then I seen one. And I was like, once I played it, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah. And it is, as I say, it does scare. The videos are on there. You can do the online training, but it doesn't account for experience. You mm -hmm. know, we, we've had this discussion a few times. We've got a lot of techs out there that have done the videos, have done some of the face-to-face -face training. It still doesn't take away that, that worry when you first get to one. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to have that experience. And that takes a few to go through. And, you know, there's, there's some lights on there to help, uh, to help the diagnostics. Um, but it isn't as scary once you've had a couple of experiences with it. But yeah, first of all, we all panic. Yeah, I've most of my issues have been um, like I've blown a fuse for the AC board where something's gotten wet, you know. And it, it, by the time I get there, it's either dried out or I get it dried out, you know. And you know, that's the first thing I do if I have the error for the, you know, the the platen because if you blow that fuse for the AC, you does you lose your your actuator too. It's you know it's dead yeah. in the water. <laughs> so that's the first thing I do. Pull it off. And I just look really, you know, look for lights. I'm like, oh, I don't have lights. Okay, find the fuse. Oh, fuse is blown. Okay, let me check the you know for shorts the ground or whatever. And if I don't have anything, put a fuse in there and see what happens. And it's 
I mean, it's not bad. It's, just, it's new. Like everything else, you know, you freak out the first few times you see it. And then now it's just like, okay, let's do this, this, and this. And yeah, my... it becomes habit, doesn't it? You know, and we, we probably didn't do a great job of explaining the fuses. So we have to split the lanes up. You know, we had mm -hmm. two 10 amp fuses protecting the whole unit. If you blew one, you lost the whole grill. So now there's the 10 amp fuse and then there's a three amp fuse per lane. Um, so in theory, we can lose just one lane, but then we also hid the inline fuse for the active compression board. Yeah, it's, um, it's, even it's, me when I first got, I didn't realize it was there. And a the guy saying to me, "I've got half the lights on, but the other line, I'm like, well, we got a bad thing. We we're running through it." And I'm like, I looked at one, I'm like, "There's a fuse somewhere." And, and then sure enough, we found it. So, you know, the biggest trick with the active compression board is you only lose half the lights. So people do like we do of everything. You look, you go, oh, "I got LEDs, the powers to it," yeah. but actually, it isn't. Um, nope. so yeah it would normally those shorts are off the switches so yep. as i say we we built it we got a lot of things going through we're constantly trying to make it improve mm -hmm. make it easy to work on you know our next drive is really simplicity well sometimes we let the engineers get excited and engineers never stop designing so they make it more complex and then they make another complex thing to fix something else so now we're trying to dumb it down you know i keep trying to say to them the the difference between an engineer and a technician is we keep it simple. They like to get clever. Simple is easy to fix. <laughs> so we're, we're working hard together on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool for people like you, you know, you've been in the field and you still try to get out of the field, but you have to be with engineers and it makes it, it makes it a lot nicer, you know, when they listen to people like you. So I appreciate having you in there, you know, and helping out. Well, I'd say it's me and the whole team. I, yeah. I got a, a very strong team of senior guys and the field tech guys. So, you know, we, we discuss all the issues and the issues that we get from the field techs and, and all the issues you guys find. And then we try and find solutions. And sometimes it's a bit of a, yeah, okay, sorry, guys, we've got to suck it up and deal with it. Um, other times we can actually make things to make life better, but that nothing ever ever happens as quick as we want it to. That's a downside to it. But but we are, I say, we're making good steps. The engineering team's working really hard and they are listening. And that, that will give us a fantastic product. I mean, we've got a fantastic product, but we can always do better and, and that's what we strive to do it's continuous improvement yeah so that leads me to training um you guys are are you guys back to in-person training besides what you guys do in cleveland or you guys traveling <laughs> stuff yet or what's it look like we're not doing the traveling um just really because of we've tried a few different things and when we go traveling service companies just don't have the the scope to pull that many guys off the road so to send a grill and a track a trainer it costs quite a lot of money. We turn up to a restaurant we or we turn up to a, a facility, we expect 30 people to turn up and then we get six. You know, so there's a real yeah. disappointment there. I also really hate the 30 people training. If you're going to train, it's got to be no more than 12. So we do the in-house face-to-face in Cleveland. Um, uh, we were working with Frymaster trying to find if we could share facilities, give different locations. We kind of put that on the back burner for the moment just while we're trying to understand where we're all at. And they got some bits we're moving parts around. So hopefully we'll get back to that. We'll be able to use more facilities and offer more more training in different locations. But you know, when we go to a training site, we have all the equipment there in Cleveland. We can train on mm -hmm. the active compression grills and McDonald's grills or Chick-fil-A. Um, you know, they're there for us to rip them apart. We we've, we've got rid of the you're in a class and you're gonna watch eight hours of presentations. Um, none of us learn that way we no. like to tear it apart break it fix it and then see what happens so that's really probably the biggest change to our face-to-face -face training but we can't do enough of them to to keep the industry happy so 
what we recommend now is do the online training. It gives you enough knowledge to be dangerous. Um, go and get some experience. And then I would say come to the face-to-face because then you've got experience to relate to when you're looking at the face-to-face training. When you want to tear the grill apart, you can do it with a thought process in your mind of I came across this, now I want to understand it. Um, and that's really why we split the two uh, the two up. Yeah, so my son works with me a lot of times. So we've seen some grills. Um, he's doing some <laughs> online stuff right now for you guys. So he's probably got a head start on most guys. They're probably doing the online stuff. But um, so he's learning. Um, but, you know, like I said, I used to do – it used to be the training, training program. I don't even know if it's even – if that's what it is anymore. So you done, you done the first one, didn't you? Because that was the one that I'd done in Texas. Yeah, that was we did it in Texas. <laughs> And, dude, I, I mean, I'm setting up training for it now. So, you know, we were talking yesterday about, you know, if it's a level two or what it is. And, you know, my thing is is – the guys can watch the videos, but it, you're going to struggle to gap learning it from a video. So, you yeah. know, I have two grills. I have a gas, I have electric, they're single lane grills. I try to keep it six to eight people because I only have two units and it can be a headache. You know, you have a lot of guys standing around if you get more than that. But um, I'm, I guess I'm, tra- I guess I'm training coming up this year. So I'm going to get some guys trained up. I got some guys in the area, you know, not my, my market, but in the state of Indiana or in Kentucky that need some training. And they're just getting beat up. And, you know, they call me all the time. And I help them out when I can. But, you know, I was like, I don't have the time to teach you how to gap a grill over the phone, man. I'm like, and he's uh, like, well, I called Garland. They told me to watch the YouTube video and hung up. And I was like, well, I doubt they hung up. But they probably did tell you to watch the YouTube video. Yeah, so, we're trying. I mean, we put the new YouTube video up. We put the new animation up to keep it simple and easy to follow. Um, you know, that that is the challenge. At the moment, we're seeing massive call volume come into center. The guys don't have the time to step every, you know, when we're quiet, they'll happily walk someone through. Mm-hmm. But when we're busy, it is a push. So we do do tend to push towards the self-help videos. But I think you know, the level one, level two, level three is the right way of doing it. So our level one really now is online. All that's going to teach you is where to find the component, what mm-hmm. buttons to push to make it work. Level two is the intermediate. To me, that's someone who's done six months. Okay. Yeah, they've worked on them a bit. They've got a base knowledge. And then you can teach them about the full finding, the, the best practices. And then what we do in Cleveland is really the level three. So that's guys that have a couple of years' experience. You know, And then we literally, it's an hour and a half run through the presentations, the updates, and then just yeah. tear the thing apart and, and do what you want to do. If, you, if you've got a certain thing that you didn't understand, replicate it. You haven't got a customer pushing you to get ready um so it's really an open opportunity for people to explore and, and there's six to 12 people there you know you can feed off each other and, mm-hmm. and i think there's a lot of value in that yeah i had a great time i think i was the first class when cleveland opened back up you know with acting impression and um it you know you were there robert was there um tom was there there's a lot of you guys there yeah, kind of weird yeah, we you know, heavy-handed on that one um so <laughs> it was fun i mean tearing them apart you know and working on programming cooking making cooking programs and stuff that's the same thing I try to do with the you know the stuff I teach is there's not really a book on what I teach, but okay, this is how you do this. Let's get in here and tear it apart. It's how you split this. I mean, I said I just tell them the only thing when we leave it has to work because <laughs> this yeah. class. So yeah, and, and you know I, I used to pride myself in no course was ever the same because yeah. you get a different group of guys in with different experience mm-hmm. levels. You you have to tailor your training to that level, and mm-hmm. you know some people would say that's wrong, but for me. I found that gave me the the better feeling that the guys had picked up what we'd done and, and what we'd gone through. Um, but you do have to gauge the people you're training, tweak it, change it. You know, it's really easy to lose interest for people when they're in a training session and they don't follow it. I think that's all I have. Um, what do you want to cover or are you good? 
I'm I'm good. Yeah, you know, as I say, it's been great to catch up with you, Pat. I know we catch up pretty regularly, so Especially nice to do it. And hopefully, the people listening have, have found some value in it rather than just two guys talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they pick up some stuff. And I mean, like I said, I always tell everybody, reach out to me. I'll I'll help you out if I can help you. Out, I can tell you who to go to. You know, um, as far as you know, figuring stuff out. I I don't want guys to ever feel scared or you know calling somebody for help. I mean. A lot of guys are nervous and they're scared to call tech support. Don't be that way. Call them and, but make sure you have your, your ducks in a row. Make sure you, you know, you've checked your voltages and amp draws and that kind of stuff before you call. I mean, you call tech support on the way to the job and that's a quick way to get hung up on in my book. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest is the, the ringing me up. I'm on my way is not one that gets a great reaction from me. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. You know, go on there, have a look at it. Give me a call. 45 minute rule is always the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you call him beforehand, all we're doing is guessing with you. That that's the reality. And normally we'll give you bad advice, steer you in the wrong direction, and then you waste forty five minutes where you really shouldn't be. Anytime I someone calls me for tech support and they answer okay, I'm like, you you're lying. Okay is not the answer. <laughs> I need a number, I need you know, pressures, I need you know, okay is not the answer. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, you learn for experience on that one, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh gas pressure's okay, sure it is. What, what's okay? What's well, okay? No, 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 it doesn't work that yeah. way. So all right, well, it's been an hour, man. I appreciate you coming on and um, talking with me and just going over some stuff. Uh, if anyone needs anything, make sure you reach out to me, and I'll see what I can do for you guys. So have a good night. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Bye. Yeah.